You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. I'm joined today by Ryan McCaffrey, Justin Davis. Scoop. Have you been waiting for this moment, too? Uh-huh. Oh, product mm-hmm. placement at its finest. <laughs> and Brian Altano. And uh, our topic today comes from one of our viewers in the UK, Josh. And he's concerned. He says, I'm from the UK, and like the rest of the world, I'm playing GTA V. What I've noticed, though, especially on the radio stations, is that the whole game seems to make jokes at the USA's expense. I know it's an intentional satire on American culture from a British or Scottish point of view, but knowing how easily offended people get nowadays, I'm looking at you, Medal of Honor opposing forces. I'm just curious as to why you guys think GTA V is invulnerable to this and actually beloved by America. First of all, your cardigan slash sweater thing is amazing. I, I already commented amazing. on that. Let's, I don't know if it's amazing, but let's thank forget you. about Josh's question. <laughs> and let what are you know. doing at work? You should be by a fireplace somewhere. <laughs> I wish we could have a little fireplace. A pistol, you know, Hello, corn cob pipe. Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. Um, What's no. up, everybody? Yeah, the game does poke a lot of fun at American culture, and yet Americans love the game. It's funny. It's well written. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. It's just. It's so. Is it funny because it's true? It's, that's well, what that's, I was going to say. That's where the humor comes from. Right. Sure, I mean, listen. They're not just making this stuff up. That's, it's, but it, it's you have to you have to fly past forty more offensive things to get to that. It's like getting mad that people are cursing in porn. Yeah. It's like okay. well, they're also fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are doing. Like that. I mean, you have to get past. There's so many layers of things to get offended to before you get to like. And also, they called Americans fat. Yeah. Like there's a lot going on there. Like yeah, you shot a cop. And then someone called Americans fat. Like, like let's start. Everyone overlooks the number of cops that get shot in the face. Yeah. 
Like, no, in real life, people are offended yeah. when cops get shot, but it's like you start, it's with such a high bar yeah. that then maybe, you know, talking about how people don't read books anymore on the radio is And not it's also, it's, it's sort of a timestamp of where we are right now. Like, I mean, like, there was the 1950s Americana that sort of showed this car obsessed uh, cheeseburger culture with the cool glasses and stuff like that. GTA is talking about the America we are in now, and America now is fat and celebrity That's the thing is, good satire, you're not going to get offended by. Yeah, because it's good. You're like, oh, it's 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 yeah. you know, it's it's like if there's like pointing a, out the just uh, logical fallacies, mm -hmm. rampant or or just you know, hip hypocrisy. Thank you, uh, things. Boy, I'm looking real intelligent today. Should I told you Dr. Americans Pepper. were dumb. I know. It's not, it clearly needed the, uh, the pick-me-up. So we, uh, yeah, I mean, I think America is the greatest country on planet Earth. But uh, America. The, America. 8.5. <laughs> Maybe not so much that's these size, that's a, There's no 10 on planet Earth? America is an 8. Good, not great. <laughs> um... But that doesn't mean, like, most of the stuff is, like, very true. Like, I live here, I'm happy to live in America, I don't want to live in another country, but that doesn't mean that there's not a laundry list of things that I dislike, I think are silly, or groups of people that live here that I don't yeah. like. And GTA is ruthless about, you know, it'll make fun of rich people, poor people, hicks, people that live in the city, you know, people of all races and creeds. I was just going to say that, it, you know, it, it hits the left and the right politically, so yep. it's just, there's something in there, if you can't laugh at yourself... Yeah. Right. It's it's the South Park law where you yeah. target everybody and no one can get offended. Right. Right. So GTA Five is the biggest game out there right now. Everybody's playing this game. It has very broad mass market appeal. But I wonder how many people know it's not an American made game. Right. Oh, more than you think. Really? Probably. And that's, realize that? that's part of I just of the wonder team. if that's also significant. It's well, not Americans making fun of themselves. It's right. No. And we're being but I think fun of by I think that's people. that's yeah. part of its that's part of its genius is is it's it's the Hauser brothers who live in America now, they live in New York. That's what I mean, like, they live here, so it's sort of like, yeah, but, I mean... But they bring that perspective of that, you know, they're, they live in America, but they still have that outsider perspective to sort of have a, a bit more of a distance. They're observers. View, yeah, than, than, say, we do, who've spent our whole lives here. Sure, I, th I mean, I think the most patriotic people in America right now are the ones that really get it for all its flaws, right? It's not just, you take the good with the bad, and that's why you stay here. Like, if you were to ignore the fact that we are fat and celebrity-obsessed and illiterate, then you'd miss the, the, all the good joy that comes Are you making fun of too. me from earlier? The <laughs> <laughs> you should. I'm not that subtle. <laughs> it's, it parody, this game that parodies modern American life is popular around the world. Because American culture, American pop culture is world culture, right? Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like, that's, 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 we, why, that's, that's our main export. <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is our primary export. Yeah. It just it wouldn't work with, I don't think it would work with any other country, right? Like a game that parodies modern life in Brazil. Like, would we even get it? Well, exactly. Like, did I'm we sure get there's... Sleeping Dogs? <laughs> I mean, uh, most of us didn't. No, that's, that, okay. And that, that is why I believe we'll never see a Grand Theft Auto that's not set That's why they don't set it. That's why yeah. they said, I mean, yeah, they, they, they outright did. said that, right? Right. And they did a London, one of the early GTAs before it blew up and sort of found its its calling uh, and became what it is today. It was in London. But mm -hmm. they'll ne I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's only a handful of cities, like, where else could you set a GTA? Like, these cities that set, like, I, you can never have been to New York City and you understand intuitively through, you know, film and yeah. television, Pop you know, culture. a lot about what what goes on yeah. in New York City. Right. And, you know, it's the same with L.A. I think maybe the Bay Area, Bay Area well, like San Francisco, they, could be a city like they that. They did that in San Andreas. Sure. And Vegas as well. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, think, I think we will see those cities again in some form or another, whether it's, you know, maybe as an expansion city, 
for GTA Online or as the setting for GTA 6. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think I think it comes from a place of truth, which is why you wouldn't see people getting too upset. You know, if yeah. there's like a black comedian, then I'll laugh and be like, "Yeah, I'm white and I'm totally the way that this guy is making fun of me for being." But like as long as you can see like a kernel of truth in it, then yeah. sure. Yeah, there's no I mean, I don't see any reason to get offended by that. I mean, GTA is a cartoonish look at what we have now, but it's also a look at what we have now, right? I mean, you have to start with the base somewhere and build on top of it. I just think it's more, the, the more realistic video games get and the more we play them and the more introverted we become, the more our escapist fan fantasies are really just like slightly mocked versions of the things that are right outside of our door, yeah. you know? I mean, Sleeping Dogs, why I mentioned that is just sort of like, I don't know if, if that world was right or not because I've never been any of the places where that game takes place or what, any of the things that franchise is trying to do. I assume people in, in Hong Kong are just driving around surfing with from town, <laughs> dragon tattoos, jumping, killing each other and stuff like that. I don't know. Yakuza everywhere. Yeah, so I mean, I can only take what I've seen in movies and in TV shows and in video games and stuff like that and piece those things together, but um, I, I couldn't imagine them getting offended by that unless it was something that was so derogatory. I mean, there's no one here in America that could stick up and go, you know, we're not dumb and celebrity obsessed. Well, but that. I also don't like, feel, like the reason it doesn't offend me personally is because I don't feel like it's poking fun at like, when they say Jimmy the Gamer, I'm like, well, I'm not like him. And like when the whole overarching storyline is about uh, private militaries and about Meriwether and about how they like infiltrate all aspects of our lives, I'm like, that's not a decision I made, so it's like, how can I get offended by it? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, our country's messed up, but like, I don't subscribe to, like, you know, I don't think that it's not like I'm laughing until they're you know thumbing the eye in something that's important to me, and then I'm not laughing anymore. It's, like, it's interesting you mentioned Game, Jimmy the Gamer actually, because that's actually the the stereotype that hits closest to home, I guess, to like us or to true. our audiences. Because yeah, I've stayed. There have been days where you know back in high school, where my my dad was like, "You can get a job." I'm like, "No, I'm just gonna play Super Mario sure. World or whatever." The and, game strikes a weird balance between it makes fun of a character in the game for sitting at home and playing games all day, and mm -hmm. everyone playing the game is like, "Yeah, he sucks. Jimmy sucks." Yeah. Well, as yeah. they're sitting home playing the game all yeah, day, get it together, like, Jimmy. He's playing exactly. online. He's making homophobic remarks and like talking about the other players' moms and like, yeah. There are people playing GTA V who do exactly that. Yeah. Do you think yeah. they get it? Do you think they see they, themselves they just in think that it's character? Funny. They probably don't. I don't that, think they spend too much time. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't see myself personally in much of what GTA is, you know, sort of trying to trying to make fun of. And so maybe that's why I don't get offended too yeah. much. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the good question, Josh. It is Josh, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Josh. We'll go with that. Stay tuned for more from IGN GameScoop. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined now by Greg Miller, <laughs> Colin Moriarty, yeah. Brian Altano. <laughs> We're about to talk about our most anticipated games of this holiday season, oh. 2013. Oh. Topic suggestion comes from ProPat. He says, leading up to the release of next-gen consoles, I was wondering what games from October to December are you most excited for? I was most excited for Watch Dogs. Dun, 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 yeah, dun. funny how that happened. 
I was too. And I was robbed. I wasn't. I knew. I knew things knew? were awry from quite some time. <laughs> Meanwhile, you and I have been playing Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag right. all day long, right. laughing right. Right. hysterically. Right. But there's something different about that game to me. Um, that feels different to me than, like, I, I, I guess it's the setting that isn't just like, hey, modern city. Sure, 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 you sure, know? sure, like, sure. There's, there's no cell phones. Nobody's calling me the whole time we're playing Assassin's Creed. There's no cars. Yeah. There's cats. Yeah. <laughs> Pirates. Yeah. So is that one of your most anticipated games? Yeah, for me, I mean, when we saw it at PAX, that was like the turning point for me. We're like, holy crap, this thing looks awesome. And then playing it today, I'm like very adamant. I've, I've gone through all these tricks of trying to make sure my save will work mm-hmm. on my retail PS4 mm-hmm. when I get that going. So doing my best to make sure I bring it with me. But yeah, I'm like, having a great time, and it's it's definitely living up to what I want yeah, it's, it. It's definitely one of the, the meatiest next-gen games, too, just in terms of it's like 20-something hours to beat the single Mediest, player. Yeah. Said, oh, yeah. 40 hours to do yeah. all the stuff that isn't part of the solo campaign. And Greg and I went in today going, you know, we're going to play a lot, but we don't want to do too much that it kind of like makes it so when we go to play it again yeah. on the first day, uh, we have to repeat everything over again. But we've just been doing side stuff, and it's so much fun. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, we're going to go over there and do that. Well, no, I'm going to go try to get this note page, or I'm going to go sync all the animus yeah. points, or the, the lookout points. Was there, a sweet, you was there a sweet opening scene where you climb <laughs> on top <laughs> Climbed up a wall in, in a in theater. A theater and no one noticed you. <laughs> no, no, they didn't Even do that. You're like hanging around and like you're in front you're of the candles. You're walking on people's heads. Okay, none of that. None of that stuff. Sounds good. Colin, you're wearing a Knack t-shirt. I am. Does that mean it's one of your most anticipated holiday games? No. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I just needed a free t-shirt. <laughs> no, I like Knack. Knack's good. I played it many times now, and uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. People are going to be really surprised by that game. I think it's uh-huh. uh, um, it's hard, and uh, it's it's uh, got an old school slant. I think people that grew up with Especially in the 90s with the Crash Bandicoots of the world and Spyro and stuff like that will have a, kind of a, a kindred attachment to Knack and they don't realize it yet. Uh, no, my most anticipated game is still Resogun. Um, and well, is that going to be a day one? Yeah, it's PS4 a day game? one PS4 game. It's going to be free for PlayStation Plus. It's from Housemark, so they're the guys that did mm-hmm. Super Stardust and Outland and Dead Nation. Um, exceptional developer. Uh, what I'm uh, happy about, some people give me shit about this, being no. so excited about this game. Not that that really is relevant to me, but what, I, what I'm... What I'm uh, what I'm promising you is that this is one of the games where it's just like it's all about gameplay and just sitting there and chasing high scores. It's not overly complicated. There's no story. Like those, mm-hmm. there's a place yeah. for that, and I love that kind of stuff. But this is a game I can see myself for months, just like I was with Super Stardust, mm-hmm. just like I was with Dead Nation, playing this game and just chasing high scores and chasing my friends on the leaderboards. It's a great deal of fun. And when I went to Sony yesterday, actually, and played it with uh, Ryan McCaffrey, uh, who had never played the game, he was yeah, not, I don't want to say reluctant, but I'm like, play this game. And he's like, all right, I'll get, you know, I'll get to it. And he started playing it and like, would not put the controller down. There was like a line of people behind him waiting to play it. He's like, just like, one more time, one he's more time. He's still there now. He's still there playing it. <laughs> he's got a beard That's already. Why he's not on this episode. <laughs> the, uh, the other game that I'm really excited about and people are going to laugh is, uh, I think I'm, I'm super excited about Ease uh, Mem- <laughs> Memories of Celsida on Vita. It's, uh, um, I don't think that's funny. I think that's it's, it's a, perfectly valid. Yeah, it's a, it's a really promising uh, RPG. Ease is an old school, you know, played, you know, like Turbo Graphics and stuff, it goes yeah. goes way back, and uh, they remade one or more of the E's for the DS and P- PSP. I have a okay. bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's like a really you know niche series that people still play, and a group of people still enjoy. I've been really looking forward to this game because I feel like this is exactly what I want to play on Vita, and, and uh, so I'm super jazzed about that game. And it's supposed to come out in November. I'm not sure if that's still going to happen, but that's probably it goes Rezo Gun and then and then Memories of Celsida for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm super, it, oh, go ahead. I'm a super jazzed for the immediate future for Lego Marvel superheroes next week, and Hearing then Batman Arkham Origins at the end of that. I can't get excited about Batman Arkham I'm, Origins. I, I'm not like, like you know, full throttle crazy about it, but I'm like, it's gonna be more Batman. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. It's more Batman, a new you know, a new Batman story. That's what's exciting. Yeah. With the same gameplay, I like. I was, I'm taking a wait and see. 
okay. uh, approach with that one. If it gets great reviews, I'll check it out. And then closer to the holidays, you know what I'm excited for? That Mario game, that name I can never remember. Yes, Super Mario 3D World. It is so Super planned. Mario World yeah. 3D. Land. Wii U Brothers. Right, what is the Luigi? Super Mario 3D World. Yeah, not okay. that difficult. Land There's Luigi. one I was screwing up. I thought I was screwing it up real bad. Um, the year Luigi. Yeah, that, that is a fantastic Mario game. And, yeah. Um, it's... It's sort of them going, it's sort of Nintendo saying, hey, look, you know, we've given you the same game for three years in a row now, you know, on, on consoles and handhelds and stuff like that. 3D Land was basically the only new step that that's, that franchise has taken since Galaxy, I think. And I love all those games. But 3D World is like, it's, it's one step below Galaxy in terms of insanity, but it's right up against it, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's grounded in a world. It's not, you're not shooting off in space. But it's so insane. It's one of the weirdest Mario games they've made yet. And Catsuit is awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, totally. it's, it's really awesome. There's a lot of power-ups that are totally different. The multiplayer completely changes the way you play that game. Like, And it's not like the annoying multiplayer. That was the thing about new Super Mario Brothers. When I'd play it with people on the Wii, right, or like family members, yeah. I'd be trying to do like my perfect Mario run, and they'd be jumping on my head and screwing me yeah. up and killing yeah. me, and then I'd, I'd come in the dumb bubble. Whereas like this multiplayer one, it felt like it was kind of... Everybody go do your thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's a it's a three D it's three D world. But I mean, you can run around on the map and do whatever. And then occasionally, like I had to get on a giant dragon or whatever and go down the water and with jump your, on with stuff. your friends and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really like the um the competitive aspect the multiplayer has, right. which is sort of just like instead of just running left to right like you do in all the Mario games, it's it's open world a little bit while still being in kind of confined sure. levels. And there's a point system based on your actions, and you there are there's a clearly defined winner. At the end of each level, yeah. like mm -hmm. player two won, Mario won, Toad lost. Suck it up, Toad. As usual. Yeah, as usual. That idiot. Stupid <laughs> Toad. There's also Zelda. Yeah. A so I mean, worlds. that that could go, that could go anywhere right now. I'm not really sure. Really? You're not yeah. uh, feeling like 100. percent Um, I am, but I haven't played a handheld Zelda that I've like completely fallen in love I know with. What you mean? Since like Link's Awakening, and I really like the DS mean. ones. They were cool. They had some nice touchscreen stuff. They what about the Oracle oh, yeah. games? Those was, games were awesome. Well, yeah, yes. I mean that's, that's that you're going back to Game Boy Color, right? Yeah, those games. you're, you're going back to like yeah. four bits. <laughs> um, but yeah, all the DS games, I just I got burned out on. I don't think I finished any of them. Yeah, um, Phantom Hourglass. I, d I did too. You know, like and that's tracks. it's kind of disappointing, but I. I'm not wild about where the console Zeldas have gone. I don't like all the like waggling and motion control and all that stuff. I, I think that like that has to be pulled back a little bit. And I do love sort of just like sitting there with this cool handheld and being like, I have this puzzle dungeon to get through right now. And I think this is kind of gonna bring those all those things I love about Zelda back together again. Mm. But I got to be cautious because Zelda franchises burned me recently. So yeah, the the thing about that game, I'm uh, like A Link to the Past is one of the great games of all time, and so. They're invoking that game with this, and and, and so I'm, I'm a little wary of it, you know, because right. like Link to the Past is so sacred and so special of a game that if they can replicate half of how good that game was, this game's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, you wonder with their, you know, Nintendo's need to always go back and and have a touchstone somewhere in their past. And, you know, like I would, I'd be more interested to see, you know, a new Zelda, something mm -hmm. totally different, an open world Apparently Zelda we're see that at E3. Imagine, yeah. imagine, well, that's when imagine, talk about it. Imagine if Retro did. <laughs> A Zelda game sure. that was, you know, like Skyrim or something. You want like a first that. person like Skyrim? Like, like where you had like Hyrule was like totally open and you can explore it and, and really know. get, I mean, in, I get think, into it. I mean, I think they know? give you enough of that. I think if you want to play Skyrim, play Skyrim. This, what people just, people want a Skyrim that doesn't have shitty characters in it. Mm. That's what they want. Mm. And that's what they would get from a Zelda game, right? 
Because people are too afraid to admit that, that walking around Skyrim is that dude with the upside down garbage on his head. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> but if it was Link, it would change the world, right? But I think that what they're doing with the A Link Between Two Worlds actually is more open world than anything they've done for a top-down Zelda. Like, you can play most of the dungeons out of order. You can go and get items at any order you want. So they're getting there with that. I just don't know if I want, like, a full-fledged, like, hey, here's an entire world. Do whatever you want at your own pace. Like, yeah. Well, I'm happy to hear that because you know the Dark World in, in the Link to the Past was very nonlinear, and that yeah, that was yeah. that was something that re- like once you beat the first dungeon, you got the mallet, I think it was, then mm-hmm. you can do almost whatever you wanted. Yeah. So I like that. I'm excited about that game. I think I'm gonna buy that one. I haven't I haven't bought a uh, or acquired a a 3DS game since Fire Emblem, I guess. So that will be you know I wanted to get Pokemon. So I wanted to get Pokemon, but. I just can't do it. Yeah, I know. I played so many of the. Po- I played almost, almost all the Pokemon games uh, every generation. Wrote strategy guides for some of them, and I just can't do it again. It's I've, too much of a time sink. So I've never played a Pokemon game before until last night. And I started, last night was the first. I started time? playing Pokemon Y for the first time last night, and it's fun. Like I get why people yeah. are hooked on this thing. For me, it being the first Pokemon I've ever played, it's not very intuitive. Like I think that people who've been playing it for years are probably like, "Man, this makes perfect sense to me." But for me, like I. I was telling Greg at lunch before, like, I went into battle and all my Pokemon are dead. So now I'm walking around with a bag of dead Pokemon. I got roller skates on. I'm moving really quickly. I don't know how to bring it back to life yet, but I'm learning these things kind of on the yeah, fly. Yeah, bring it to the Pokemon Center. Exactly. Well, see, so many, multiple people have told me that today, Colin. But the game had not told me that yet, so I got to go home and, you know, bring my dead and wounded Pokemon to the Pokemon Center. Fair that fixed. Sacrifice but, your own blood to bring yeah. them back to life. They're only wounded. They're not. They're fainted, right? Fainted. Yeah, they fainted. That's true. Yeah. And I will say the one thing I'm sort of like cautiously optimistic about right now is Dead Rising 3. Is that and I too, think yeah. it's I'm not speaking optimistic. Of, of That's open world games. not optimistic. I, I it's the game that like I'm most excited for on Xbox One outside of Peggle 2. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, at launch, but like having not played it and not really seen much on it, I'm super like I want to see how this pans out. You know what I mean? Like, I really want to see how this reviews and see what people are saying about it when they actually get to go play it. It does feel weird that we haven't really gotten, like, here's a ton of time with this game. Right. Yet, right? And, I mean, it's a month away. Mm-hmm. So, what's... And the- that, that's what terrifies me about right? it, is that we haven't seen... Like, I, it was, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're like, oh, yeah, I never got into Dead Rising because it's got those time-based quests, and I feel like I'm being rushed around. Like, and they asked me, does, does Dead Rising 3 have that? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. And granted, I'm not, like... Pouring over our previews for it, you know what I mean? It's one of those I want to just find out what people think of the final product, not a 15-minute mm-hmm. vertical slice of it. But I have no real idea what we're getting into, and it is weird not to have seen so much. I feel like we knew more about the original Dead Rising before it launched than we know about Dead Rising 3. Mm. And that's a shame. Yeah. Right? It, t- because, well, it tells you something, though. Yeah, it does. It's, it's the old, like, the movie reviewers haven't seen the movie until they buy the movie ticket. Yeah, yeah it's like... Uh, <laughs> that's never a good sign. <laughs> well, I mean, like, think about how open Microsoft is with Titanfall because they're so confident in that game. Right, or Sony, right. like, you can play Killzone and Knack like, at yeah. the drop of the hat. Yeah. And how many times have we played those games at this point because they're confident in those games, so... I think it's definitely worth reading into it because I'm excited about that game too. I, I think, think even put, I think that game looks awesome. Exactly, it looks it. awesome, and they put but like, like you know at Comic Con right, like the Xbox One booth was Rise mm-hmm. and Forza right, and like, Titanfall and Titanfall. Yeah, like okay, where's Dead Rising? Like that's the one that is the one that I think. See, I'm and I think it's sort of my brain. I'm doing the typical fanboy thing where my brain's going, "Well, I bought an Xbox One." So this has to be good. You know, like something has to be great. Because to me, it's not Rise. I don't care about Rise, and I don't care about Forza. And it's yeah. Day well, that's why people felt about Zombie U on uh, 
on Wii U and they were like, yeah. we really have to like yeah. this game, don't we? Because we're not going to have Actually, it a lot of people it's, really enjoyed Zombie U. Greg wasn't one of them, but I, I actually really liked it. It's like it. how I felt about Fantavision when I bought a PlayStation 2. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's this like, well, I'm only going to have this or play Summoner, so this I might as well do something. I'm sure you'll have plenty of chances to overrate a bunch of trash on the PS4. <laughs> <laughs> Peggle 2 is the Xbox One game. Yeah. yeah. Is that day one? It's the launch window. Got it's it. supposed to be this year, so. Remember, Pikmin was launch window for Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Missed, missed that boat by Launch year. year. Year Luigi. Those are all my picks. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you guys are excited about? Super HD DC Universe Online. Day one on PS4. Super, Super HD? HD? Yeah. Is that a thing? That's what I call it. Okay. When I try to explain it to people. Um, I will say that that announcement yesterday of some of the um, like kind of classic uh, PS3 titles coming to PS4 and Vita. I thought that was a really cool announcement. It's sort of like well, everybody should learn from that. Yeah. Uh, the cross-platform buying of like Flow and Flower and mm. how sound shapes, yeah. yeah, sound shapes. Like I, I don't know how much Pixels better monsters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we need that. Yeah. I don't know how much better sound shapes will look on PS4. It looks, but better. I know. Does it? I played them all. Okay. Yeah, yeah it looks better, but I think the game that's really gonna blow everyone away is Flower. Really, the game yeah. looks insane on the PS4. It really does. It yeah. really looks. Absurd. And I had that game already, so it's free. It is. It's really cool. Yeah, it is cool because, so first of all, I found out Flowers come, you know, we know it's coming to Vita. It's coming to Vita the day the PS4 launches. They want to launch them all at the same time. And if you own any of these games, if you own Sound Shapes on Vita, the PS4 version is free then. If you own, if you own Escape Plan on Vita, and I played Escape Plan as well, then you buy Escape Plan on PS4. Mm -hmm. You don't have to buy Escape Plan rather on PS4. It's free, so. I think it's cool. I'm getting a little concerned about the number of ports that are coming and with, you know, uh, you know, word that Drive Club is not going to be a launch game now. There's really only there's really only three uh, first party games. Two of them technically first party. Kills on a neck and Resogun is a yeah. X Dev game. Um, I would rather see ports than um, backwards compatibility if they're going to upres all their ports. For sure, I just that's really cool. I just think we need you know we have Infamous on the horizon. We have I understand people's concerns about you know where are the AAA games. I'm excited about a lot of these smaller indie games. I think they're, you know, last year proved that Journey was better than everything that came out last year anyway. So, like, I like these smaller games. I'm excited about them. Uh, but, you know, other than Infamous and The Order, like, what are the other first-party exclusives on PS4? Like, we don't... Welcome the console launches, buddy. We just... This is the way... It's just a... I, I'm a, I bought a Wii U a year ago. No one else here did. It's been a rough year. <laughs> All right? Like, you have a few months worth it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with my Xbox One if Dead Rising 3 sucks. I'm not going to play Rise. You're going to play Peggle. I'm going to play Peggle. You're going to watch your fantasy scores on the NFL. I $500 to play Peggle. <laughs> to get that sick achievement, too. Yeah, day one. That's why I'm doing it. Get my day one controller. Thanks, guys. Those are just a few of our most anticipated holiday games. But what are yours? Let us know in the comments on Twitter, and stay tuned for more from IGN GameScoop. Welcome back to GameScoop, everybody. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. I'm joined now by Greg Miller, bang, bang. Justin Davis, Ooh. Colin Moriarty, Beyond. and we're talking about Call of Duty and gamers and whether or not Call of Duty players are gamers and what makes a gamer. How do you define it in today, 2013, as we roll into a new generation of consoles? This comes out of a story this week. Call of Duty executive producer Mark Rubin says, we have an enormous amount of players who are more in the casual game space, but they play a lot. It's kind of a weird, ironic thing to say. They aren't hardcore gamers or even gamers at all, but they play Call of Duty every night. 
<laughs> Your wheels just grind and seize together when you read that sentence. Which led uh, GameScoop Superfan, Big Tony Style. Big Tony Style. Big Tony Style. To ask us, after the Call of Duty devs said superfans of the series are not really gamers at all, I was wondering what the Scoop Crew's thoughts are on the term gamer. How do you guys define gamers, or is it a term that even needs to be defined? Oh, I'm going first. Like I don't know. We're all just looking around to see who goes uh, first. Greg and I touched on this. Uh, Greg and I <laughs> touched on this a little bit in podcast beyond yesterday, which was uh, I'm I'm more confused about why everyone wants to categorize this and and disparage the other things that people like and enjoy. And we who's disparaging who? Uh, everybody's oh, disparaging yeah, everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. I'm a hardcore gamer, not one of these casual Call of Duty players. Like, yeah. I, I think about my cousin. Um, and you know he's my PlayStation Network friend or whatever, and I see him every once in a while. And he plays Call of Duty all the time. And then he'll play like Madden a little bit and like NHL a little bit, and that's it. But otherwise, he's always playing Call of Duty. Now, like, would he consider himself a gamer? Probably not. But he likes Call of Duty, and that's fine. That's his prerogative. And it seems like with Call of Duty because it's so popular um, that everyone just wants to take a stab at it because it's on the you know at the top. Mm-hmm. And even its competition, like we were talking about on Beyond, loves to take stabs at it because. It's beating everything else, you know, and so I, I just don't understand. You know, I'm into like more niche JRPGs, for instance, and and things that like, and, and I don't care what other people think about that. Like, and people that play Call of Duty don't care what other people think about them playing Call of Duty. So there's a lot of like disparaging going on with with trying to categorize people as this kind of gamer or this kind of gamer. Who cares? Like that's I mean, that's the whole people. stereotype, right? Is that yeah. people like oh they play Call of Duty and Madden, and they, they, we all know that these gamers exist. Like those are the only two games they play every year, or maybe NHL or some other sports game. And we know a lot of gamers like that exist because Call of Duty sells so much better than anything else that comes out. So just math GTA, shows you. Yeah, except for maybe GTA. Like, yeah. So it's just interesting that, that Infinity Ward recognizes this about their own game. Yeah, I mean, it's, to me it's a poor choice of words, but there's no better way to explain what he's trying to say. Yeah. Right? He's trying to say that he understands he, this is a franchise that will sell to groups of people who don't buy other games, yeah. who don't know what Gone Home is, who don't you know, have a DS, who are only in it for Call of Duty or in right. it for Madden and stuff. And so to say casual makes it sound like he's taking a jab at him when he's really just trying to say that they aren't the person who's on IGN every day. Yeah. Le- you know, reading everything and trying to figure out, Ooh, are the PlayStation DualShock 4, are they, are, they, are they in stores right now? I need to get out and check it out. It's a total mistake to say that they're not gamers. Like right, that was, right. And I'm sure if he could roll back that statement or modify it, like yeah. he meant to say sort of what we're hopefully clarifying now would be my assumption. I mean, it's easier for him to say, right, like he, they have this hardcore Call of Duty audience that maybe isn't yeah. a hardcore gamer. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, I think labels like that. Like, I also hate the labels. I don't like calling things indie games, like, right? Just because that doesn't mean anything anymore. Like, core gamer doesn't mean anything. But that's like a shorthand for what's like a very long explanation of like, are, do you count as a core gamer? If, it's a it, nebulous description. Is it the right? amount of games that you play? I was telling Damon that my mom is sixty, and like hour for hour, she probably doesn't play video games that much less than me because she has mm-hmm. a slot machine app that she loves, and she plays her Wii, and she plays. Brain training and like she plays a lot of video she games. Still but plays brain training. I, I don't know. The brain training might have fallen off by now, but for a long time she was doing a lot of the brain training and like yeah. iPad games and stuff. And like, what was her take on the whole Dead Island torso <laughs> with no head? Right. Exactly. She's not a real gamer. Get the fuck out of here. And so it's like, so you can nitpick this stuff. You can stuff to death by being like, okay, hour for hour, that must make her a core gamer. But okay, but maybe it's the type of games that you play. But right. Call of Duty is a hardcore game, but they're not considered core gamers. So it's like. All those labels are kind of sh- silly, but it's a shorthand for you right. know, stuff that yeah, people yeah, kind of yeah. understand. It, I mean, but who does it matter to? So yeah. I could see it mattering to marketers, people who need to, who knowing demographics is their job, right? Knowing right. how to hit certain demographics. But why does it matter to gamers? 
Because I think there's something to be, I mean, I think there's still a, a, a sec of gaming that is into it and feels like it's their thing, right? Like when I was growing up, I was the gamer kid in my group of friends. They all went and played sports and everything else. So for suddenly, if they were gonna be considered gamers, I wouldn't have had like a problem with it, but it would have, something that made me unique, right? Is suddenly maybe not lessened, but in to some people it is. You know, a, it's lessened the fact that this person who only plays Call of Duty is a gamer, just like me who plays everything and can tell you the ins and outs of the PlayStation Network or something. Like I, I get it. I don't think it's right. I don't. I, I fall into Colin's camp of why do you care? Yeah. If you're enjoying what you do, whatever gets sure. you. Yeah, man. <laughs> sure. Play Minecraft all sure. night long. Yeah. Like it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense to me. I mean, it just goes back to, you know people being critical of other people's opinions, it almost it almost ties in in the same way where it's like, why do you care what they play? Why do you care what they like? We often have, you know, we brought up the example of Rezogun, which is like by far like my, my most anticipated next-gen game, and everyone's like, it's an indie game, it's $10, and it's stupid, or whatever. And it's like, hey, I really don't care what you think about Rezogun because I'm still excited about it. If you want to have your own opinion about it, that's cool, you know? Like, why can't we all coexist in yeah. like an ecosystem where it's like, I like what I like and you like what you like and the Call of Duty gamer likes what he likes and the Madden guy likes what he likes and that's fun because it's not a huge group thing, hive mind kind of thing going on here. Yeah. I, that's what's exciting about gaming to me. You know? I think maybe the next gen consoles have raised people's hackles a little bit. Where like I feel like that died down for a little bit. For a while, people were kind of just playing what they play and maybe this is just like I'm seeing things differently than reality, but I feel like that fanboy stuff is definitely been like and even in IGN comments it's like people hate indie games people love indie games people hate this people love that like it seems to be getting a little bit worse after dying down for a yeah. few years or maybe like, just the console generation that's what I mean like there's new consoles that. coming out and people are like putting their flags in the ground yeah. and you know setting yeah. up camp again and then maybe that'll die down again well, that's yeah. why I've always been talking such good things about PC gaming because you know you never <laughs> go anywhere you got the Wazdas and you're good you, you, got you were trolling hard last night I give, yeah. I give you a lot of props for that those Wazdas yeah um Going home. Actually, getting back to whether or not these hardcore Call of Duty fans are gamers. Yeah. What if you come home from work every night and you watch the same movie? Just the one movie over and over again every night. You spend a lot of time watching this movie, but does that make you a movie lover? Mm. That's a good point. Like, like I'm not like a huge movie guy. Like Greg knows, I never go to the movies. I refuse to go to the movies. It's too expensive. I don't care. Mm. Like, I'll, I'll like, I'll like watch things on Netflix and like watch TV shows. I love serials and stuff like that. But I'm not really in the movies. Now there are movies I love. Right, like there are movies that come out that I, I'm like really into, or there are older movies that I really love. But I would never claim that I'm a cinema buff, or like I'm really mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a I'm a movie goer. I like movies, but does that matter to the person who enjoys the movie? Like if yeah, if, no, I, if I'm no, like no. I love Caddyshack, and some other guy's like I love Caddyshack too, and I've seen more movies than you. You know, it's like <laughs> okay, cool. I guess that means something to you, but that doesn't mean anything to me. Like the thing I was thinking about is like I love football, right? And I understand this game. I understand the game of football. Greg understands the game of football. When we watch it, we can identify a blitz. We 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 can look at a package and figure out what they're doing. Like but like, packages. but my my girlfriend will watch Jets games with me, and she's still learning the game. She's only been watching it for a few years, and she'll have a lot of questions. But does it matter? Like she enjoys the game as much as I do. She likes to watch it. She might get something different out of it. But she sits next to me and enjoys those games and gets into them, even though she's seeing something different than I am. Mm -hmm. And she might not watch Thursday Night Football and Monday Night Football, but she'll watch those Jets games. And I'm wondering, like, what does it matter? She's into the football, and it's just a different kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we should embrace that kind of thing. The bigger games get, and the more they proliferate, 
the more kinds of games we're going to get. The more people we get in, the more money the industry makes, the more kinds of experiments people will take, risks they'll take. I don't understand like why we're so obsessed with with disparaging people that play Call of Duty. Specifically, it bothers me. I mean, yeah. I think that is a minority of people though. Like there are, I know guys that you know come home. They had a hard day at work. Like they're usually like. Again, this is a stereotype, so there's all kinds of people that play Call of Duty, but I know dudes that have like blue-collar construction worker jobs. Yeah. They get home at the end of the day, they're tired, they just want to shoot some dudes in Call of Duty, and that's how they unwind. Sure. Like, they're not like big gamers, and they don't really care that much. Like they, Even though one comes out every single year, like it's probably like, oh, there's a new one, I guess maybe I should buy the new one. Like They're not even really following the news. Like These are dudes that exist, and I know kids that are seven that the only video game they play is Minecraft. Yeah. And like, it's just another way to spend time, I guess. It's not about, like, one console versus another, or... I think there's just, you know, it's... For each game, there's a spectrum of involvement. And for video games in general, right? Like, the... The way smartphones have taken off and the way that we took off really knocked down walls. So there are so many gamers now. So people feel like they have to be protective of this hobby or whatever, and that this is their thing. Yeah, I mean, I think... To Colin's point, like part of the reason where that concern comes from is like if you were a huge JRPG guy, like Call of Duty could seem a little threatening because like now that's where all the money is going. Like everything was a shooter for a few years. And so it's like if you see it as threatening the thing that you like, then it's then then I can see where some of that, you know, poisonous rhetoric comes from. Sure. I mean the JRPG example is good because Final Fantasy VII was one of those games when it came out where it made JRPGs popular for a little mm-hmm. while and Brought people into the genre, and every and, and people were like so threatened by that, you know. And yeah. to me, it was like that's cool because now Square and other companies are going to make more RPGs and take more, you know, you know, risks. And and that was why that was a golden age of JRPGs was because of that game and that experience happening. And we could see a similar thing with shooters. I mean, there are a lot of shooters. Shooters do try to compete with each other. Um, I like the more niche shooters that try to do different things. But you know, more power to you if you want, you know. If you want to buy only Call of Duty and you buy your console and you buy the DLC and that's what you do, like I, and that's great. Like, I just I just don't get it. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like I wish people spent more time that's enjoying their stuff than than talking about how everyone's opinions are are bad because they're different than theirs. You want to live in a world where everyone's the same as you? That sounds well, fucking I mean, whack to me. Whether it's true or not, or whether it's right or not, like these people feel like Call of Duty is being made instead of the game that they would rather be playing. Like, that's where I think it comes from. I suppose. Activision's doing its thing, though. I mean, Activision, we've talked about this on this podcast, I think, with the same crew before about their particular MO, which is, like, games have to sell a lot, and they have to make lots of money, and they're they're not trying to make, you know, a Vita JRPG for you. They don't care. They want to make the big shooter. They want to put it everywhere. They're not going to make exclusives. They're not going to, you know, like... They're not, we talked about Prototype 2 as a game that like actually sold pretty well, charted on MPD, and they still shut that studio down because it wasn't enough. That's, that's their thing. If you don't like Activision games, don't buy them. I would argue that most every, I would argue that human beings like games. They like playing games, they like having fun. Whether that means playing board games or crossword puzzles or playing baseball or chess, like every human being likes games. But when we say gamer, that means something very specific, mm. at least traditionally. It talks about somebody who likes video games either on a console or a PC. Like that's yeah. a very specific thing. I mean, we touched on this at the top of the show and I was talking about my mom, where uh, like gamer is something that's almost self identified. It's like, you know, are you a gamer? No. But you play Pokemon on your DS, and then you play Facebook games, and you play this, so aren't you a gamer? No, I'm not a gamer. Like, that's yeah. a real conversation that people happens. There's this weird, like, disconnect in people's minds where they don't want to self-identify that way, or they don't feel that they self-identify that way. Like, my mom plays Wii all the time, and is the 60-year-old woman would never say she's a gamer. 
It's just the, the people don't want to label themselves yeah. that way. I wonder if that'll ever change. I bet it will. I mean, there's, I'm not a movie watcher. That's I'm what I'm saying. But everybody loves movies. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. There, nobody, there isn't like a subset of people who are like moviers or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's cinephiles though and stuff like sure. that. Like, so yeah. like some some people would self-identify as like big movie buffs, and other people just casually go to Avengers. Like, yeah. And I don't think it's that. But they don't argue about it and get into these giant things. I think it's just, you know, another thing of how young video games still are. That there still are generations of people who don't have games as a daily part of their life. Yeah, I'm curious. I don't know if it is that video games are young or if it's just that movies are, you know, there are people that love Woody Allen movies and look down their nose at Transformers. Like, see that as, like, I wish. That's just a person. That's a person. People know that. Transformers are terrible movies. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like people do look down their nose at the big blockbusters and prefer like art house films, sure. right? And like people that are really, really deep into video games are the, maybe the equivalent of that. Like I don't know that it's just, we always talk about how video games are young and in a couple decades they'll be like a lot more accepted. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's always going to be this way a little bit. I'll bet you pizza it's not. We'll I already owe you one, right? So in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> a couple decades, we're going to see what's we up. Have, we have witnesses. In yeah. 20 years, if it hasn't changed, Justin owes Greg a pizza. Space pizza. Yeah. To wrap up and bring it back to the original, two questions. First of all, does it matter? Do we even? Is it important to identify which people are gamers? No. No, no definitely not. Okay. Then the second question: What? How do we define, define our gamer? Then isn't as important, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I think gamer is self-identified. I think you identify yourself as a gamer, and then you determine what that means for you. Yeah. In my opinion. Thanks, guys. Viewers, what do you think? Do you self-identify as a gamer, and how do you define the term gamer? Let us know in the comments, let us know on Twitter, and stay tuned for more from IGN GameScoop. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Ibrahim did. Abraham. Abraham. It's Ibrahim. Sacrifice your son. Wow. Uh, Old Testament. Maybe you should read it. Maybe you should review it. Your Nintendo baby games. (laughs) I did. 6.5. Good night. Trophies for that? (laughs) I wish. Listeners, your your listener mail panel uh, today includes Greg Miller and Brian Altano. Hi. Ibrahim asks, has video games made movies less enjoyable? Mm. For me, some types of movies, such as action, have become less enjoyable due to video games, but horror movies have been completely ruined by video games due to the fact that games are more immersive and therefore more scary. Interesting. Wow. Never thought about it. Me, neither did I. I, have, I, have, I'm, I used to be really into movies. I still like going to the movies, but I never do it, and it's just because I'd rather go home and play something. I'd rather play a game. I, I don't watch TV anymore outside of Nashville, the greatest show ever. I w- <laughs> I wonder if it's just growing up. Yeah, you start to have more discerning taste. Because when I was a kid, I saw every action movie, sure. every horror sure. movie. Me I too. They're all awesome. If I saw Commando today, what would I be like? This this movie. This is awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, and that works with video games too. A lot of the ones we grew up with, you go back to play again. You're like, oh man, that's not that great. But see, I don't know, Greg. You presented sort of like um, they're they're all fighting for your time, and right. you'd rather spend your time playing a video game, but I don't know if I'm like, man, I don't like this movie because I can't control yeah, I'm not what's happening. See, like, I don't know if that, yeah, that's for sure not what I'm saying. I'm thinking it's, yeah, just more the fact of, do I want to go see this new Hunger Games? Mm-hmm. Nah, not really. I'd no, rather do all of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Christine wants to see it, so I'm going to see new Hunger Games eventually. <laughs> but. 
Yeah, I don't think it's a matter of that movies aren't uh, as immersive. When we go see our paranormal activity movies, I don't yeah. sit there and go, man, this isn't scary because I'm not controlling the girl. I wish I could like press the triangle on that cupboard and close yeah. it before the ghost pops out. You think, man, this isn't scary because these movies have gotten really dumb. Yeah. I'm excited about the new one. What's it called? Deep the, Dive? The Marked Ones. Nope. The Marked it's Ones. Paranormal Activity Deep Dive. <laughs> the Deep Dive, all right? Takes place in a pool. <laughs> This is Nestor. Hey, Nestor. If it's the Nestor from the old... The original. Power yeah, a star of Funky Bowling. Magazines. Uh, he says, I was recently watching a YouTube video by Anita Sarkeesian oh. about the damsel in distress scenario in video games as a recurring theme. Sure. Tropes versus uh, video games. She views it as a medium that places women as objects and weak, needing a man to save them. Do you believe that this plot device is troublesome in gaming? Would you and other gamers be inclined to buy such a game where the roles were reversed? I'd love to buy that game. Yeah. I have no problem. So, yeah, the girl has to go save the guy. I have no problem with that whatsoever. 100%, yeah. I, it, given the choice, I always play as a girl in a yep. game. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's that trope is probably the least of our concerns with bad video game stories. Like, yeah. I think that the problem is that most video game stories are kind of trite and old-fashioned and stupid or just very vanilla and rudimentary. I'd, I'd like to see better storytelling, period, whether regardless of genre, uh, uh, genre or gender or roles yeah. or anything like that. The story of the prince or the hero having to go off and save the girl did not start with video games. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's like, the whole that's, thing. That's it's, an old story. It's throwing back to fables in every fairy tale, right? Sure. It's just how stories were told and so you go through and it's such an e I think for, you know, us being dudes, you don't really think about it until it gets pointed out, right? And that's been the big thing of, you know, why Anita's video has gotten sure. big, right? And the fact that you are calling this out. And for us, it's always more like when they revealed that god awful, well, the, the great, amazing looking Phantom Pain trailer, and then they got the quiet, and her boobs are hanging out, and she's yeah. in a bikini, yeah. and she has no tongue. And it's just like, what? She like, has no tongue? Oh, yeah, that's, that's 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 she couldn't that, talk. That, that yeah. might not be confirmed. That's I what I heard from somebody, and then like we couldn't confirm it right before we went on up at noon, and then I've done no research. Since. Right, right, right. But yeah, that's the whole thing. She doesn't yeah, speak in it, I think we know for I mean, I, I'm totally with Greg. I think that like that's. That's a different problem. I, it, that's like something that should be fixed no matter what. I think that any video game that's just about saving something in a cage, whether it be Donkey Kong's Bananas or Super Mario or somebody else, it's just like, hey, this person's in a locked room. Spend the entire game getting this locked room. It's kind of old, right? And, yeah. And it's not old as in it's old-fashioned. Like, you know, it is, like what Damon said. But it's just, it's kind of stale. I'm just kind of sick of doing that. Like, because it only means when you get to the end, the person's going to be like, thanks, or you're going to eat the banana, or like the reward. You know, you have the carrot the entire game, right? And right. Like, then you know what the carrot tastes like at the end. Sometimes that carrot's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> taste the woman. Taste the carrot. Taste I know, the woman. I know what the woman tastes like now. Uh, this is Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Is it Goldfarb? Probably. He's gone. Let's we just assume. To him. Let's assume it's him. It's like gone. Uh, this is a little, <laughs> gone little, forever. There's a little bit more words here. So. A lot of words from Andrew. He Bear must be. Him. He's a wordy news writer. Is it all about Bioshock? <laughs> Bear with him. He says, I really feel like everyone's vision of next gen is oversaturated by higher resolution and more realistic visuals. Don't get me wrong, visuals is a part of it, but not the first thing I look forward to. To me, it's always been about the controller. I've been gaming for a while and going from console to console has always been the feel of a new control scheme. I always think to myself, how will these companies have me interact with the software this time? I remember gaming on the Super Nintendo controller and going to the N64 using a small analog stick for the first time and that was thrilling. Now, I'm not saying strap something onto my foot or anywhere else, but as long as I can hold it in both hands and feels comfortable, I'll be satisfied. I do give props to Sony for finally upgrading their DualShock series and Microsoft for their modest upgrade, upgrades, uh, but for also pushing Connect. I've always admired Nintendo for changing it up every single generation since they've been in the business. Blah, blah, blah. To me, true innovation is interactivity. 
There's well, a TV we all know sc- infograms is innovation. Yeah. There's a TV <laughs> screen in you, but what's between you two is the controller, and that defines how you will play. Not sure what my direct question is, but I would have to say, <laughs> are we too obsessed with visuals and not about controller interactivity? For years, visuals have been the easiest way to point at and yeah. say, look at that. That's why at I'm glance, spending all this right? money. Yeah. At a glance, you can see this game looks better than this game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's right now, I don't, you know, it's one of those things where I think there's modest upgrades between generations. And so people are a little bit lost as to what they do with it. I think it's more what we're talking about with storytelling, right? That yeah. Developers yeah. getting older and, you know, being able to tell these stories, things like Gone Home, things like Last of Us, things like Walking Dead last year, experiences that are finally, you know, pushing boundaries as far as what we're doing and how I, you tell. I, I look at this generation as sort of like the. It's like the iPhone 4S or the iPhone 5S mm-hmm. where you're like, I have this thing. It's great. It, fundamentally, it's fantastic. It does everything I need to do. But there are little marginal improvements that I couldn't have thought of myself that smarter people are thinking of and they're doing. If this generation is to be judged innovation-wise by the improvements in the controllers, then that kind of sucks right now. Because <laughs> well, yeah. they're not, they're, no one's taking huge leaps there either, right? This I mean, is the DualShock 4. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I Except... Mean, the Steam controller. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. So if you're right. really looking for innovation in controllers, maybe the Steam box is what you... Yeah, that's... I mean, that's kind of weird that it was like all the other next-gen consoles were announced, and then we saw the Steam controller, and I was like, that's the one that's different than anything I've ever seen before. And, th- I mean, I have a DualShock 4 in my house right now. Yeah. I pick it up every now and then, and I hold it, and I go, well... You t- take a deep sh- sigh. <laughs> sure is another PlayStation controller. And then the new Xbox One controller, it's great. It's got rumbling buttons, you know, and stuff, like bumpers and stuff like that, but... Ooh, doctor. It's the Robo same. Triggers. It's the same controller. Like yeah. it's, it's not like the N sixty four or the even the Wii well, and so even you know. If we go back, so eight bit to sixteen bit, they just threw more buttons on the controller. Yeah. But sixteen <clears throat> to thirty two bit, uh, they added analog sticks. Yeah. And that was really that was a really really big deal. Well, yeah. I mean, they, when they threw more buttons on the controller, they also did shoulder buttons for mm-hmm. the first time. That yeah. was huge. Four face buttons. They did like a, a you know. I mean, the Genesis had an, six face buttons. Yeah, and an eight-way directional pad. Yeah. Where you can go, I can go diagonally for the Whoa! first time ever. Wow! But that was about it, yeah. But as soon as we got those dual analog sticks, we've had that now for years. Yeah. Right? They yeah. introduced that on the on uh, the original PlayStation, PS2, PS3, and now the PS4. is all basically the same. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like how I feel about, like, you know, like smartphones, where we had smartphones look different every year for the longest time, and they've looked the same for the last six years now. Right. And I don't know if that's changing anytime soon. Like, the next one has to be something like the Steam controller or... And the guy says something you hold in two hands. Maybe it, it won't even be that. I don't know if it'll be Connect, but maybe. I mean, you remember wh- one of the reasons I was super excited for the Wii was the fact that it was going to be like this new way to control games as far as like when they first announced it, right? And, yeah. Like, when I was super stoked to get to play all the old NES and Super NES games I missed being a Sega kid. Like I thought it was super cool that, you know, you're pointing and you interacting that way and then turning it and playing old school games that way. Yeah. And then they started adding all the stuff you hate. But, you know, yeah. at the time we didn't know any better and that yeah. was cool. And then Connect was in the same way, right? Like control this and then move was a total piece of garbage mm-hmm. well move was good fundamentally it's just it didn't tech wise no, great totally nobody, come lately we didn't care developers gamers. didn't care yeah, yeah, yeah. like luckily they let it go sort of kind of <laughs> <laughs> how much cheaper would the dualshock 4 be if it didn't yeah. have move functionality inside because i don't know you look at the graphics side by side and nothing really goes man whoa like yeah, Titanfall like, is like the one for a lot of people. Yeah. There's little improvements when I look at Infamous. Where I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. You can do that. In well, PS3. Yeah, like today, you know, the Call of Duty review went up today, and we put up a side by side comparison piece. I don't see a huge difference between Mm-mm. like yeah. PS3 and PS4. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Resogun looks cool, right? They're doing more particle sure. effects, but yeah, yeah. If, it, if you stripped out those particle effects, it would still probably look awesome on PS3. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, before we go, what games are we gaming right now? I'm still really, really into Assassin's Creed 4. 
Oh, I'm still oh, really? holding off. Yeah. I'm still holding yeah, off. Yeah, I'm holding off for PS4, PS4 day one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I jumped right into it. Yeah. Oh, cool. You like it? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I just got done, or at least to my level of done, with Arkham Origins. I had, I had beaten the game a while ago, yeah, but then I was going through and doing Riddler challenges and all that stuff. You said you loved the game. I did. Loved it, yeah. I mean, I, I, and I'm not saying it's perfect by any means, obviously, sure. on that. I yeah. think I, maybe a little bit higher than our IGN score, but it wouldn't have been crazy much higher. But it's yeah. great Batman story. Tons of fun. You know what I mean? More stuff to do. Uh, right now, I'm trying to knock out some... I was trying some Vita stuff. I did Blackgate for a little bit last night. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Really? Yeah, really? it's not great? No, not great. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I wasn't feeling it. You know what I mean? And that's the good thing now. I'm not reviewing this great game. Go on to something else. Yeah, See you later. Yeah. 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 How about you, Brian? Uh, I started Lego Marvel, which is really fun. Mm, Lego Marvel's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it's, and it's like the, the pacing's fantastic. The first level feels like something that would be the last level of the game. Yep. Um, you're, you're playing as different heroes every single time, which in most Lego games is kind of just like, hey, I'm another Jedi, or hey, I'm a droid, or hey, I'm a guy, another guy from Harry Potter. They're so cute. All the but, characters yeah, are so cute. Yeah, everyone in Lego Marvel plays totally different. They have totally different stuff. That yeah. and uh, Super Castlevania Four. Went oh, back to that back old to that, that old chestnut. Nice. Love that game. See now, I was super jazzed for Lego. It came out same time as Batman. Yeah, did Batman, and now I've only played a level of Lego. And now I'm like, well, I might as well for, wait for PlayStation Four on this too. Yeah, get it's it super, true. Super HD. What are you gonna play like for the next week then? I well, guess you're gonna be traveling. I'm traveling a lot. Yeah, I got other stuff going on. Yeah. I should be all right. You're going to this PS4 launch event. Yeah, I know. New York City, they call it the Big Apple. What's gonna happen there with me and Scott Lowe? We're gonna find out. So you find out on IGN.com. <laughs> Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com. That's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.